Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the official fourth episode of the Unbelievable Scenes podcast. I am your host this week, Nick Clay. Tonight, I am joined by our usual guest, Joe Barlow. And this week, by a new guest, all the way from Australia, Meg Pollard. And this week, guys, we have sci fi and in accordance, episode four, A New Hope for Podcasting. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> So tonight we begin with round one. Use the words, Luke. Oh, this is going to get worse and worse. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Your random character name for this week, Argon Zorb. And your random word, which must be in the title, is Star. So for old listeners, you will know how this works. For any new listeners listening this week, where have you been, first and foremost? But I'll explain for you again. So this is the podcast where we take a random film genre, a random character name, this week Argon Zorb, and a random word in the title, and we have 10 minutes to create crazy, wacky movie pitches, which will then be delivered back to me, and I will decide which film I wish to watch. Is everybody happy? 10 minutes on the clock. Let's go. You join us as our two contestants have completed their pitches. It's a lot harder on this side, isn't it, Meg? Yeah, it is quite difficult. (laughs) (laughs) When you're listening, you think it's easy. (laughs) If anyone would like to have a go, feel free to send us a message on Twitter or Instagram. We are at scenes underscore podcast. We'd love to have you join us. So as the guest, Meg, you can go second. (laughs) Mr. Barlow, as our veteran, give us what you got. Okay, so the title of my film is called Star of the Show. Argon Zorb is the stage name of a lead singer of a failing rock band. One night, it all starts to change. They manage to uh, kind of get something going, a bit of a deal. They release a kind of low-level album, and the finances still aren't quite there. So they decide they're going to go with a big blowout tour, great publicity, do what they can to raise the names. One last attempt. First concert of their tour, and uh, Argon Zorb's got some nerves, so he goes to the toilet to unload. Like all good <laughs> um, rock stars. As you do. Um, and he's beamed up to space. <laughs> From the toilet. <laughs> yeah, Again, so, as you do. Yeah, so I think we can have, like, I'm, I'm picturing some sort of fairly amusing scene with him kind of rocking up on the toilet in, in the spaceship. I like um, the idea that there's a mirror toilet in the spaceship where they just take people from, and you end up on this toilet in the spaceship. Oh, part of me's not imagining there being a toilet, he's just going to be in like a perfect squat position. (laughs) So it turns out that these aliens which have beamed him up are alien musicians and they're looking for a new and unique sound that they can bring to the cosmos. And Argon happens to mean hero in their language and so they've chosen him. We then go through the, the, the main bulk of the film of him getting to know the aliens, them starting to develop some music, and then they start going and doing concerts, and they're fantastic. So he becomes a big intergalactic celebrity, but after a while, after kind of many years of fame and glory across the universe, he starts to yearn for his friends back home, and he's quite sad that he never got to make it on his home planet. So he starts talking to the aliens about whether or not he would be able to go back, and then they reveal to him that... He never he- left. Oh no, sadly he has left. Damn it! But they've been working (laughs) on time travel. They say that if he will perform one final concert with them, they will deposit him back on Earth at the moment (laughs) that he left, and he'll go and be able to play the final concert with the the first concert of the tour and become a big celebrity on Earth. Can Uh, I ask a question? Yes. How, How many years has he been in space? 
Uh, about 35. Uh, well, so he's so an old man. Has yes. he aged? <laughs> Significantly. Okay. Does he get time travelled back to normal? Well, or will uh, he be old when he gets put no, back? No, he'll be old when he gets put back. <laughs> this is reflected in the casting. Okay. Um, this happens, they play the big final blowout gig in space, and then he gets deposited back on the toilet where he was. They timed it very well. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> we don't want to know. <laughs> So his fellow band members didn't perceive him to be in the toilet for longer than normal. But sorry, he looks 35 years older. <laughs> yes, so he comes out. There's a bit of explaining to do when, when, when he oh, comes out. Oh, just a bit. He goes out and they play the most incredible gig anyone has ever played and is a happy ending as they become big stars on Earth as well. So he plays with his fellow band members, Krypton Zorb, Neon Zorb and Helium Zorb. <laughs> um, <laughs> But for casting, the really bad initial Argon Zorb is going to be played by Matt Smith. Then the wise old Argon Zorb, the big rock hero, is going to be played by Jeremy Irons. <laughs> I didn't cast anybody else. <laughs> That's fair enough. The aliens will all be CGI'd. <laughs> <laughs> As a strong offering. Meg. I feel like mine has a bit less detail, but still still a story. Okay, my movie is called Motherload Star. Bit of plagiarism here. I am taking a lot of references from The Sims. Uh, <laughs> so it begins... That's, that's original in its own way. <laughs> so it begins at a pool party. Everyone's having fun. Uh, and then they take the ladder exactly. away and they all drown. <laughs> well, not all of them. So uh, listen to the story. Sorry. Um, so they're at a pool party. Everyone's playing around, having fun. And then everyone kind of starts to leave and, and go home and there's this one character left in the pool and the ladder mysteriously disappears. <laughs> no way I called <laughs> it. <laughs> no one called that. And this poor person drowns and it then flicks to the next scene at a funeral and everyone's dressed in black and there's this one character, Argon Zorb, who is standing there in a strange kind of cowboy outfit that you could find on Sims, just kind of looking puzzled at everyone and why this had happened and where the ladder had gone. And then the camera zooms out and you see these green diamonds above everyone's head um, while they're all crying at this funeral. <laughs> this <is> morbid. <laughs> Plagiarism of the Sims. This is literally the Sims. It is, so far. So then the movie kind of follows um, Zorb starting to realise that he is in some weird kind of reality where he does all these odd things without any idea why. He plays chess for hours and gets promoted to be a neurosurgeon. He starts a fire <laughs> while making a salad. He keeps on kind of forgetting what he's about to say when he goes to talk to people to ask them if they're starting to question why everything is how it is. And then through this, he kind of starts to gain his own freedom to do what he wants and he starts restricting the urge to do what it feels like his body is telling him to do. He starts kind of rebelling against it. And so this is all happening. Everyone around him has no idea. They're all still speaking in Simlish and living their lives. So one night a UFO comes and abducts him. He wakes up in a kind of a futuristic world in this small room with all these wires attached to his brain. And he starts freaking out. He has no idea what's going on. And someone comes in and kind of calms him down and tells him that he's been taken to this new world and the world that he was in um, was being controlled by someone from the future. And he kind of starts freaking out even more and he has no idea what's happening and the people that are talking to him kind of look like humans so he's really confused with what's happening and he ends up making a friend who is helping him and they think the whole thing's crazy as well and then he manages to escape with this person and he finds himself in this room filled with all these computers and all of these weird worlds going on and finds his world and we moved into the matrix yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going through all of them um, a hint of lego movie somewhere in the middle <laughs> <laughs> 
anyway, he finds this computer of his world and he's sitting there looking at it. And then someone comes up behind him and he turns around and it's his future self controlling him in the oh, sim world. Oh, reveal. And that's that the end incredible. of the movie. I am casting Argon Zorb as Bill Nye because I love Bill Nye. So I have a quick question yes. regarding the, the pool. Yes. So they remove the ladder. Yes. How deep is the pool? Extremely deep. So he... Have you played The Sims before? <laughs> no, I haven't, which is why I'm okay. questioning why you're not able to then get out of it's the very small gap. It's a fabulous question. When they take the ladder away, they just sort of yeah. swim. They can't get um, out. No upper right. body strength in, in If Sim you've world. ever never been a sick god in The Sims, then <laughs> I recommend you try. That's very concerning from both of you, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you take the ladder away... They die. They legitimately die. die. The Grim Reaper will turn up and literally take them away. <laughs> Yeah, well, apart from being a blatant plagiarism of The Sims, yes. I loved it. I, uh, your source material is irrelevant. I, um, <laughs> what comes out is the joy. And it was, uh, it was very enjoyable to listen to. Give me a lot to think about. I like it. So round two, join the dark scenes. <laughs> <laughs> you know how this works? Joe, you know very well how this works. Meg, do you remember how this works? Remind me. Joe, you are going to take Meg's pitch. Meg, you are going to take Joe's pitch. And you are going to write a sequel to the movie, except this time something will change. Your genre is staying the same. Your character is remaining as Argon Zorb. Except this time, the word that must be used in the title is clandestine. For those of you who don't know what that means, including me before I googled it. <laughs> clandestine. Kept secret or done secretively, especially because illicit. I hope that helps. You didn't know what clandestine meant before you <laughs> chose it as your random word. My English degree went well. <laughs> so, 10 more minutes on the clock, guys. Good luck. See you in a bit. Round two. We won't dwell. Meg, hit us. Oh, God. Okay. My sequel to Joe's The Star of the Show is called The Clandestine of the Show. <laughs> a lot of thought went into that. <laughs> a lot of thought. That was in the last, like, two seconds. So the movie starts about ten years forward from the ending of The Star of the Show. How old is he now? <laughs> exactly. So the band... Uh, was a massive success for a few years, but fame didn't treat good old helium very well. Um, <laughs> he got addicted to drugs, kind of got in with the wrong crowd, didn't go well. And the reason he kind of fell off the bandwagon, if you will, is because they had such an issue with Argon coming back looking 35 years older and having <laughs> no idea. I think I would take issue with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the... Uh, movie then flicks back, if that makes sense, to the ending of the first show. At the end of their set, they come off and the band members are all kind of questioning Argon about why he looks 35 years older and he can't explain it. And so even though they do go on to have success over the next few years, they just kind of have this friction in them um, the whole time. Argon then gets really sad about this because he realizes it was his fault and he wants to go back to how it was before. And he thinks that they would be able to make it even if he didn't spend 35 years in space with aliens. So he goes back <laughs> goes back to the place where they had their first show and he goes and sits on the toilet and he waits hours just sitting on the toilet trying to get back to Alien World after Alien World Alien World after waiting for ages he does get back to space in his squatting position and much to his surprise he finds the other band members and I can only remember Helium because I found it the funniest um, but the other two are there as well and they've all become the best band 
uh, the whole universe there. And so Argon gets really sad and jealous because he wanted to be the best band in the whole universe, but now they've topped him. And so he goes and finds some uh, evil genie aliens and they grant him one wish. And his wish is to return back to before it all happened about 50 odd years ago. And so he gets back into a squatting position and he finds himself back on the toilet, back in time. And Wait, can we go back a bit? He goes and finds a genie. Yes, alien genies. Just on the street? Or He's in like... space. He's in alien world. They have alien genies. This sounds like a great place. I need to go to this theme park. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he goes back to 50 years ago. He's on the toilet, their first show, and he kind of gets startled by Helium banging on the door, asking him to hurry up because they were going on in two minutes. So he runs out and they do the show, but he uh, is now, even though he goes back to looking younger, he is still 50 years older in his body, so he's about... 80 at this point in his body so he can't perform the show and he kind of keels over in the middle of the show and he realizes that he has lost everything just because he wanted to be the best and that's my morbid <laughs> ending oh my god what a dark cautionary <laughs> tale that you come up with there i think it has a really good moral <laughs> like a grim to, uh, fairy tale <laughs> With evil alien genies. <laughs> so dark. Yeah, look, I always turn things dark, okay? Wow. Yeah. I'm right. sad now. I'm, I'm going sorry. to have quite a hard think about my decisions in life, I think. <laughs> I mean, I just, it tells you to make the most of what you've got, you know? It's a positive, uplifting message. <laughs> Told in the darkest possible way. Yeah. Joe, cheer me up. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I have not come up with a cheery, uplifting tale in oh any way, God, shape, or form. Saddest... And I feel like that might be my fault because I started the story started quite with a... sad. Yeah, it starts in a dark place. This is the so... saddest episode ever. <laughs> so my sequel to Motherload Star is called Clandestine Realities. We pick up immediately after the last one ended. So big reveal. He sees himself and his future alter ego self the, the the one that's been controlling the simulation suddenly throws his hands over his eyes and falls to the floor in pieces like not literally in pieces like he's crying oh, um, oh I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was just gonna like dissolve and i was like oh that's cool he just breaks <laughs> apart and just falls to the floor like pebbles but the younger earlier version of argon zorb is very confused as to why his older self has just kind of fallen to the floor like covering his eyes and, and crying just then as argon zorb is processing what he's seeing someone comes in behind him and knocks him out just in the in the last moments before he loses consciousness he sees uh, his older alter ego self being dragged away by the shadowy figures the younger one because this is the person that we follow in the films then suddenly awakens in a conference room think the boardroom from The Apprentice but gold <laughs> um, as you do alien life forms that's yeah, fine yeah make it gold so we then have a bit of a bit of exposition uh, as to what's going on and he's told that the older self that he came across was himself from the future who's been controlling his simulation controlling his life and he will never see him again a little bit ominous Argonzorb doesn't really know what to make of this he doesn't know whether or not it's actually a future self whether he's been lied to whether he can even trust what he saw but he's sure that what he saw was himself and he's thinking hmm, maybe it's a clone of some form he's given access and starts to be trained as on how to kind of work with the simulations like he's kind of held in this place <laughs> he's got he's got an apprenticeship out of this <laughs> effectively yeah I, I didn't quite work out why that would follow continuity wise so can we just roll with it <laughs> um, of course 
Yep. So he but he's, he begins to realise that that something very very seriously strange is afoot, um, and he starts going off on his own little adventures around this um, th- th- this complex because he still doesn't believe that it's his future self. He thinks he's being held by some sort of odd power. So he thinks it might be a clone, and he goes looking around for cloning facilities. But in doing so, he eventually finds his own grave. Oh my Ooh, god! I like it. Which oh. leaves him very very confused. You've watched too much Dracula. <laughs> It was in no way shaped by Dracula or a Christmas Carol. <laughs> the two last things I watched. But he keeps going around. He's, he, he finds sci-fi scary things like people attached to electrodes, and he's getting getting seriously confused. Sure. Stable but of sci-fi scare. Yeah, but he eventually decides he's going to test it. He's going to test what they've told him and find out whether or not it is the future self and the simulation that he's controlling is his earlier life. He sets up an accident in the simulation to see if he'll remember it. He effectively, he he creates like a little fire. And suddenly, to his horror, he sees burns up his arm. And he realises that he is controlling his earlier self. It's all true. So, in controlling the simulation, that's when he removes the ladder from the pool in an attempt to break the loop. Oh, that's good. My brain. That's really good. We've got to make this movie. <laughs> so, he thinks he's done it. He thinks he's broken the loop. He thinks he's still sat in like this kind of paradox. He thinks he's fine. He's got out of it. He's away. And he goes away, makes a cup of tea. He comes back, only to find himself sat yes! the screen that's where we end fade to black oh my god I have chills I want that movie to be made <laughs> oh, it hurts my head <laughs> love it I'm so confused it's like interstellar I didn't understand yeah. Interstellar then. I don't understand it now. And I don't understand your film either. <laughs> Unfortunately, Meg left me with a paradox that I had to try and somehow deal with. You did really well. I, don't yeah, think I, I thought I made a solid effort yeah, at it, personally. That, that's better than yeah. the attempt I would have done. Where are you going to go now is my question. <laughs> God. Right, so round three. Have you ever seen a more wretched pod of scum and villainy? Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, they just got worse and worse and worse. (laughs) Ordinarily in round three, I give someone the choice as to whether they're going to swap back or they're going to keep their own pitch. And this week I'm going to choose. I'm taking the power and you're not going to swap back. So you're going to keep what you just had. And this time the genre is going to change. So still Argonzorb, still clandestine. This time (laughs) it's a rom-com. So now you have to take what you've used and turn it into a rom-com. And you can either, I mean... (laughs) I advise this time you turn it into a spin-off because that would be easily the easiest one. But you can make a prequel if you want or you can make a second sequel. But as normal, 10 minutes on the clock. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I threw a curveball at you there. You did. You You just wanted to be happy again. (laughs) Yeah, it was getting far too dark for my liking. (laughs) Needed to uh, bring a bit of light to proceedings. Joe. My um, title for this is Clandestine Encounters. So during Argon's bizarre apprenticeship, which we established was a thing <laughs> in the previous film, but didn't really go into any details over, that's when this film is set. So we, we jump back to the point where he's mid-apprenticeship. As part of his training, he's kind of told that the simulations that they are working in are actually simulations and the reason they mirror their lives is that's their source material but the purpose of the simulations is for the better understanding of human emotions and gaining empathy this all happens within the first 20 minutes of the film and then he's kind of given this sort of assignment coursework project sort of thing to do which is to understand dating and relationships 
Amazing. So part of that is he has to create a character and then he has to, with this character, start trying to go on dates with people. The end goal is he has to try and develop a long-term relationship. He, he, he tries a lot. Things happen. He, he, he makes some fairly spectacular mistakes, both in terms of the interpersonal interaction between his simulation and the dates, but also in his ability to use the simulation. So, for example, one thing that jumped to mind is they've gone to an Italian restaurant and it's going really, really, really well. And his date leans in to kiss him and he accidentally makes his simulation pick up a meatball from his spaghetti and throw it at them. <laughs> um, As someone that hasn't played The Sims before, that's amazing because that would totally happen. Similar things like he o- opens the door for his date, he then closes the door and walks into it. And another one went, maybe they're in a restaurant or a cafe or a bar and he accidentally deletes all the chairs and then in trying to fix it, puts in bar stools, but all the tables are still at a normal height. Just kind of th- 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 things like this going on. So he, he keeps going through the projects and he, he kind of feels like he's developed this one fairly strong relationship and he kind of gets to the end of it. So he has this big party where he stupidly invites all of his dates because in his simulated creation, those are the only people that he knows to invite to a party. (laughs) All of his dates then pair off and he is dumped at what appears to be the end of the movie and it seems like a really, really sad, crushingly depressing end for him. He sends his sim back to the coffee shop where he had all of his first dates. When he gets there, he sits down and the usual order is brought brought over for him. The serving person. Waiter? Waiter. Waitress. Waiter or waitress. (laughs) Thank you. Serving person. (laughs) um, Invites him on a date. So they they go out and the film kind of ends with them uh, going on like a kind of romantic walk in the park, walking off into the distance and then maybe just as a a final thing, he accidentally deletes all the clothes and can't (laughs) back or something. Thus ends the film. Obviously most of the film is lived through the simulated person, but it kind of jumps back and forth between the the two realities. I'm impressed that's amazing my query is for the benefit of the listeners joe has written on his final page <laughs> accidentally deletes clothes did you really need the final page? he did this big flourish as he turned over his page for the benefit of three words <laughs> i was expecting there to be more but the ideas had gone at this point so i kind of left up. it there fair play fair play very good effort i enjoyed that a lot but the bit that got me was closes the door and walks into <laughs> yeah. it and again, for someone that hasn't played The Sims, like that would happen. <laughs> Megan. Oh, yes. Okay. So my rom-com of this whole lovely story is called Clandestine Life. It is set at the beginning back in the alien world where Zorb was for 35 years. So we kind of get to see more of his story there that we didn't go into too much detail in the first film. While he was there, there was a female in his band who really didn't want him to be there. She didn't think they needed a human to make their band the best band that they could be. And so they just argued all the time, disagreed about all of their songs, all of the music, everything that happens in a normal rom-com when two people hate each other before they fall in love. Um, Spoilers! I mean, we all knew it was going to (laughs) happen. So they end up writing a sequel, a sequel. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) 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 They end up writing a duet, rather. (laughs) Um, The band writes this duet for them to sing to try to kind of get them to to be closer and, and get on. And this duet ends up being their best song tops the charts and is basically one of the best songs that's ever released in that universe so after that duet they kind of realize that they are actually secretly in love with each other and they have been all along and so they start this cute little romance up until he has to come back to earth and he asks her to come with him but she says that she can't
can't leave where she's from and she asks him to stay but he has to go back to his friends and and so they sadly end and he he goes back to earth so we then go back to them performing the show where in the uh, second movie Argon is struggling because he's this 50 year old actually he was an 80 year old in about a 30 year old's body he's on stage struggling and it goes back up to the alien world and you've got the female who doesn't have a name uh, we'll call her Zelda we have Zelda who <laughs> the plagiarism in this episode is unbelievable <laughs> So she goes in and finds out from this evil genie that this wish had been granted for him, but that he's not going to last long as a human down on Earth. So she decides to go and save him. She's never been to Earth before, so she finds herself landing um, in the toilet bowl rather than sitting on the toilet bowl when she comes down and gets off and she's all wet and she's running through the crowd and trying to find... Argon, who's on stage, dying because he's 80. No one will let her on stage because she's obviously not known to them. And she's also in um, she's in a human suit because she can't be in her alien form. <laughs> a human <laughs> suit. A human suit. So Argon doesn't uh Is this a suit of human skin? Uh, yeah. Oh. It is. <laughs> yeah, so Argon doesn't recognize her because she's not in her alien form. Then in a moment of quiet, she starts singing the opening line to their duet. And Argon hears and not understanding how this human knows the song. She is then <laughs> pushed up onto stage and the band all starts playing the song, even though they don't know the song, but it's all happy and they're singing together. And then she tells him that he's going to not last very long on Earth. And so he decides to go back to the alien world and they live happily ever after. Oh, finally a nice ending. <laughs> I have a quick question yeah. just to roll back to. Yes. Joe was add some bursting for that last yes. minute. <laughs> yeah. When she lands in the toilet bowl, yes. had Argon dealt with. I mean, it had his... been flushed. That's she's all still, I know. She still landed in a toilet bowl in the male bathroom of a pub slash bar where this gig was. So, not the best place to land. Of course, that's your go to question. You I was interested. Me. He was in there for 35 years. <laughs> That's a long time to be on the toilet, to be fair. I think you both dealt very well with my spinball there. Oh, you give me a really difficult decision to make. I think I'm going to give the episode to... Oh, the suspense. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to give it to Joe. I think, yeah. I think it's I was well very designed. entertained by your last two, two <laughs> movies and how you dealt with the countless plot holes that Megan <laughs> presented you with. So... Oh, I'm honoured. Thank you. <laughs> In terms of the movie of the week, I think I'm going to make your sequel. Yes. Ooh, interesting. That's my decision. And my decision is final. Even am... though it has like a sad ending. Yes, I will <laughs> lean into the sad ending. And my happy so... clappy musical theatre world shall just have to die for one week. <laughs> there you have it. So, Joe, you are the winner of the episode and of the movie of the week. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Meg, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast and hopefully you enjoyed yourself. I did. Thank you for having me. And to you, the listeners, thank you so much for joining us. To our old listeners, welcome back. And to our new listeners, thank you for joining us for the first time. Do join us again next week when we will return with episode five, the penultimate full episode of the podcast before our season finale the following week don't forget to follow us on instagram and twitter that is at scenes underscore podcast and after the final episode you will be able to vote for your favorite pitches and trailers of the series ready for the roundup episode at the end so don't forget to follow us on the social media and coming to a theater near you very soon clandestine realities 
It was all going so well for Argon's orb. Until one day, a simple discovery blows his whole world right open. Who are you? Ah! We seek only to discover more about the human species, their emotions, their mannerisms. So it's like The Sims. Never heard of it. This is nothing like whatever that is. When you find out your whole reality is fabricated, how can you trust anything you see? There has to be a cloning machine here somewhere. Oi, get out! Sorry! One simple man must try and break the loop before it breaks him. You can't play God. It's simply not right. But Argon, we are the gods. Bill Nye is simply magnificent. The Mirror. More confusing than Interstellar. Nick Clay. I mean, it's basically just The Sims. Almost everyone. The film made primarily to close the loopholes created by the first one. Clandestine reality. Definitely not a ripoff of a video game that for legal reasons shall remain nameless.